Analog, a Magnus Archive fan fiction, written by Screech Fox and read by God of Laundry Baskets. It is rated teen and up, with pairing Elias Bouchard, Jonathan Sims, content warnings for body horror and non-consensual body modification. John is sitting in Elias's high-backed chair as Elias leans against the darker wood of the desk, and the tape he's pulling from between John's lips pools on the floor between them. When it catches on John's teeth, Elias extracts it with a gentle precision, one cool hand lingering on his cheek. It's like vomiting, except without the messiness, the visceral sensation of something emerging from John's body, scraping against the inside of his throat. His voice resonates in the air. Statement of Jonathan Sims regarding his becoming the archivist. When he coughs, the sound rattles in his throat like plastic tumbling against plastic, fingers fumbling against the pause button and bringing everything to an ungraceful stop. Elias goes still, the tape falling from his fingers. Pressing his hand to his throat, John tries and fails to speak. There is a series of dull clicks as his jaw opens and closes, but no trace of anything resembling a human voice. Below his skin, something is unspooling, or trying to at any rate, but the tape refuses to be dislodged. Elias shakes his head with a sigh. He looks... disappointed, as though John is a schoolboy, who's made yet another mistake in a long line, and Elias is resigned to the task of teaching. Don't damage yourself, John. His fingers are unyielding where they cover John's. They guide his grip tighter and tighter until something shifts, and the whirring of the tape resumes. John's voice resumes calm, and measured and bitter. Elias hums in satisfaction. He doesn't remove his hand from John's neck. John can't reply to that condescension. All he can do is listen to his own voice, proclaim his loathing and love of what Elias has shaped him into, what he has shaped himself into. It hurts like he imagines a pooled tooth to hurt, a relief in the extraction, something of a catharsis, but not enough to extinguish the pain of it all. He wonders, idly, if Elias ever felt this kind of conflict. It seems impossible now, as he stands in front of John and pulls his secrets out of him with such tenderness. 
but then it seems impossible to imagine him as a younger man, and he can't have been born into the world as a bureaucrat. Elias laughs. John can't summon the heat to glare at him. Pointless, really, to get annoyed about a little mind-reading when Elias is gently coaxing out every fragment of his self-denial. John sinks into the strangeness of it all, his own voice carrying on without him, his secrets laid bare for Elias's assessment, the hard plastic that shifts and creaks in places where there should be muscle and bones. The tape scrapes across his tongue with a stinging pain that terrifies him in its utter correctness. The truth should hurt. That's just the way of things. It heals quickly, but the tape just keeps coming and coming, digging in deeper and deeper until John is sure it's going to scar. The blood tastes wrong. It isn't iron and memories of childhood injuries. Instead, it's acrid, bringing to mind deep blue spreading on bone-white paper and writing that curves and flourishes. John knows to his bones that it's the taste of ink. He only comes back to reality when Elias pauses, and the voice in the air cuts out more abruptly than any normal speech. A clean break, lacking the messiness of humanity. I wonder, Elias murmurs, seemingly to himself as he reaches into the snarls of the tape in front of him. John shivers as Elias unearths a section of tape, turning it this way and that in his hands. Something is different, but John can't tell what. Carefully. With all the caution of someone unused to taking reckless action, Elias runs his thumb along the coils tangled between his fingers. John's voice repeats and repeats and repeats. If Elias is trying to make a point, John is too off-kilter to decode it. With each caress of the tape, it feels as though Elias is running his fingers across John's thoughts, his very soul laid bare and tender. John feels himself flush at the intimacy of it all, the casual possessiveness with which Elias brushes across John's being. He wants to lean towards it, like a flower to the sun, like Icarus doomed by his own flaws. He wants to run away, so no one else can know him so profoundly. Elias catches his gaze and sees himself reflected in that silver stare. His eyes are dark and hungry, eating every shred of light that hits them. He can barely see his sclera around the black hole of his irises, Pupils wide and avarice. It suits you, John, 
I hope you understand how much all of this suits you. With that, Elias begins coaxing the tape from his mouth once more. It falls easily into his waiting hands, and John's voice continues exactly where it left off. Elias smiles, and the look in his eyes is... It's worship. An awe stronger than anything John saw in half-remembered childhood services at the local church. He never clicked with religion, still doesn't, despite the circumstances. But the look in Elias's eyes is nothing short of devout. There is a part of John, very deep down, that envies that zealotry. Without any warning, Elias surges forward and kisses him. There's the taste of blood. The tape has cut Elias's lip where it falls from John's mouth. When Elias pulls away, ruffled and breathless, there's a thin line of crimson running down his chin. John can't seem to drag his gaze away, entranced by that sliver of scarlet humanity. Elias runs his thumb across the line of John's cheekbone. John's eyes flutter shut in hateful relaxation, his skin tingling below Elias's touch. The tape runs out eventually. They can't have been sitting here for any longer than an hour by the time the last inch of plastic ribbon frees itself from his throat and falls to the ground. Elias hums in quiet satisfaction, leaning back to take the measure of him. John's mouth works silently. He can feel the plastic and metal below his skin, desperately trying to shift into something with a voice. It's empty, he realizes. Elias has unwound all of John's words, leaving them piled on the floor, and John has nothing left he can say. He is seized by the intrusive urge to pull the tape to his mouth, to painstakingly rewind it into his being, reclaim all those words, then record over. John doesn't, of course. He wouldn't. It, it's insane. The worst part is, he only resists because he knows he would relish the coils of plastic buckling between his teeth, and after that, he wouldn't be able to pretend that his thoughts work in human ways. He wants to keep that pretense for a little while longer. There's a tape recorder on Elias's desk. It hasn't been recording their encounter, but now Elias flicks it on with a quiet sigh. Sitting there, Elias caressing his cheeks in open wonder, John doesn't dare to try and find his voice. The silence is important, even if he doesn't know why. He's aware of the recording in a way he doesn't think he would have been before. It's like he can hear through that microphone, pick up on the dead air that it's recording for him. After an hour of silence, the recorder stops, and John finally feels like he can breathe. Better. Elias's mouth curves in a smile that's as gentle as it is insufferable. 
I, John coughs, and his voice is still there when he exhales. Yes, actually. I... What was that? Lys falls quiet. His expression turns troubled, though John isn't fool enough to believe it's any kind of concern for the state of his precious archivist. More likely, he's just deciding what he wants John to know, how to phrase things so as to be revealing and yet completely unhelpful. A gift, Elias says at last, even if it doesn't seem like one just yet. If John were a better person, he would think he would have a biting reply to that. As it is, he just sighs, listening to how it sounds like dead air falling from his mouth. The whirring under his skin is quieter, but still there. He can taste ink drying on his tongue. Without prompting, Elias hands him a tissue. The blood John spits out is red and ordinary. Is this going to happen again? John asks, wincing as the movement of his tongue pulls at the scar left by the tape. His voice sounds different than before, the subtle distance between the movement of the vocal cords and the mimicry of them. Hard to say, Elias wipes at his own lip, blood smearing as he cleans it away with characteristic precision. But for what it's worth, I doubt it. Good, John mutters, and pretends that the rush of cool emotion in his thoughts is relief. At the very least, we won't be dealing with this particular mess. Elias nudges the coiled tape with his foot. We've facilitated the exposure of these secrets, so the eye finds them uninteresting. Do you have any others you feel a particular urge to share now? No, John says, even though every instinct is telling him to lay himself bare before Elias's gaze. Pity, Elias replies, a fond smile on his lips. You know where I am if that changes. Another alien impulse forces itself through John as he pushes himself out of the chair. In the moment before he shakes himself out of it, he finds his hand reaching down to the tape, ready to pick it up and... What? Take it with him? He glances back at Elias but the affection has smoothed into a mask of quiet indifference. John tells himself quite firmly that he's being ridiculous. There's no reason to feel as though the tape on the floor is a part of him, no reason to feel quite so off balance at the idea of leaving it exposed to Elias's ruthless tenderness. There's no reason at all that it feels like leaving his still-beating heart heart on the floor for anyone to steal away. John can feel Elias's eyes on his back until he leaves the Institute that night. The End Thank you for listening.